Trash Can presents a parent-teacher conference. Now, Mr. Johnson, I called you in here for a very specific reason. Your son, Timmy, decided he wanted to smack not just one, but three children in the back of the head. Mm-hmm. See, you ain't tell me all that. You ain't tell me all that before I come in here. Didn't I tell you to go ahead and tell me everything before we came on in here? So he smacked how many kids? You said three? Three, but I would like to address something first. I, I did try to call at least five times. I left voicemails and everything. The assistant principal called as well. We, we, we tried to get a hold of you. That It's what I tried to say. But essentially what, what happened was he decided, this is Timmy, he decided he was going to run around the room and he extended his arm and he just smacked all of them in the back of the head. Um, and when I asked him to apologize for it, he said, my mama said, I don't need to apologize for anything. Oh, well, see, that first of all, you know that's a doggone lie right there because... Because he knows better. He knows better than to talk back. Just ask him. He talked back to me. I slap him upside the head. Okay, Timmy, I see you. So you the Flash now. You want to be running around the room smacking kids. You think you the Flash. You want to be running? Okay, you going to be running whenever I get you outside and I take away the PlayStation. You going to be running. Uh-uh, don't be crying now. Don't be crying now. You could have told me this beforehand. I am so sorry. He knows better. See, y'all done got me down in here. I already had to take off work. Now, I've spoken with the principal and really what I think should happen, and I do appreciate all the support and everything that you're, um, you're, you're doing in the, the discipline department, but uh, we feel here at the school that maybe there should be a suspension for Timmy, like three days or so. That's what the, uh, the principal suggests. I, I think I'm going to go with the recommendation there. We, well, I sure do appreciate it, Mr. Williams. Don't worry. That'll give us a three days because I got some grass that needs mowing. I got some fences that need to be built, and you best believe Timmy going to be doing all of that. I apologize for his actions. He knows better than that. And I tell you what, you know what? Since he's acting up, I'm going to come up here and sit with him. I'm going to come up here and sit with him during his classes. So I appreciate that. And Timmy, you best believe. You think suspension is bad? Oh, wait till we get home. Hi, I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Well, Chris, episode 70. We're on 18 of season two. That's crazy, man. Yeah, I can't believe we've done 70. I mean, to be honest with you, I thought doing 20, I thought we had done a lot. But now that we're looking back and we've done 70, it's hard to believe that we've done that many. And I'm sure once we do 120, we'll be thinking, oh, 70 was nothing. But it's been fun, man. I just can't believe, I still can't believe we're over a year already. We're already in season two. Not just in season two, we had double digits of season two. We almost had 20 episodes within season two. That's crazy. All right, man. Well, we got a great episode on tap today. Just want to thank everybody that's out there listening all over. Um, Hey, we even got a brand new listener out in Saudi Arabia. So that's awesome. Um, But we want to also give a shout out to our mainstays, Brussels, Belgium. We always got to shout y'all out. Uh, Virginia, y'all have been A1. Kansas, y'all have been A1. You know, we've had we've got our fans in Georgia and Texas. We appreciate all you guys. It's amazing how how big of a boom it's been, huh? Yeah, it is. Our numbers keep growing and growing. So we're so excited. But hey, we're gonna jump into our old fashioned donut, which is a story from our past. Now, a little fun fact, Micah's grandparents actually lived here in Texas, so he had been to Texas many times. But I always wanted to visit Texas when I was a kid and I my dream was to live 
in Texas, as I've said before. I think it's because I watched too much Walker, Texas Ranger. But uh, about my junior year, I started looking at schools uh, here in Texas and deciding on what is my future going to be like. And I knew that I wanted to go to a college in Texas. So uh, Texas Tech sent me an invitation to come out and join their, uh, I guess, tours or whatever they were doing. And Michael was like, hey, great, we can stay with my grandparents and you can go see Lubbock. Yeah, the the great town of Lubbock. Yeah. Now, we um, we just wanted any excuse to get out of Georgia, I think, at the, at the time. We were like, yeah, let's, let's get out of here. Let's go to Texas. And so um, I remember we flew out there. We had to connect in Dallas. And uh, many of y'all that live in Lubbock, you know how that is. Most of the time it's Dallas or Houston. We connected in Dallas. We got there. I even remember, so Chris, wasn't that your first time ever flying to? Like, that was your first time to Texas. I think that was the first time you ever flew. Yeah, you're actually correct. I, that was my first time flying. I'd never been on an airplane just because everywhere that we went, we just drove everywhere. But I had been, I'd never been on an airplane and I actually liked flying. So it was, it was a fun time. Believe it or not, I actually thought he was going to be a lot more nervous than that. You know, first time people fly and it's a, I would, I was nervous the first time I flew. So I was expecting him to be nervous. Nah, he, he didn't act like he cared one bit. It was like he was traveling in the car. Anyways, uh, so <clears throat> we get out to Texas, and um, I just remember everything was a step up. You, you remember that? I remember just, like, see, I told you, like, everything is a step up in Texas. Now let me put it to you this way. The food was better. The air was cleaner. The views were better. The women were prettier. I mean, it was a great time. I was just beside myself because I had never been to Texas. And I was like, man, everything here is so great. Like, even just the food. It was so amazing. So we got there. We hung out. Like, we went to this uh, steakhouse that was famous in Lubbock called Brian's Steakhouse. And I was like, man, these are really, really good steaks. And actually, fun fact, before my dad passed away, the last meal that we ate together was at Brian's steakhouse and he loved the steak and he talked about that steak forever and i was like really like brian's steaks and uh, and he was like yeah this best steak i've ever had i was like well you must not have had that good of steaks but anyways i also remember we went to this little amusement park there's this little rinky dink amusement park called joyland uh actually it's no longer around because they sold it off yeah they're auctioning it off i heard yep they've already started moving out all the rides but it was like this little carnival permanent carnival kind of like we talked about and uh what else did we do while we were down there time out i gotta divulge on uh on joyland joyland was kind of sketchy i'm not gonna lie to you like half of the amusement a part of the amusement rides was like is this thing gonna fall apart on me especially there was one and i remember they called it the hammer it was one of those swinging i don't know how to quite explain it it has two ends and essentially you're in a car on both sides and it spins really fast around and then it kind of goes sideways in different angles. Apparently it was used um, in the Lubbock area for training fighter jets when they had, or fighter pilots whenever they had the Air Force Base out there. But it was this really old, really rusty thing and boy, they would put it in all sorts of motions and that thing, it was a bucket of bolts. Like you're sitting there thinking that thing's about to fly apart. Well, I think we actually rode it, stood on it like maybe two or three times because there was no line behind us. So we rode it like two or three times in a row. And I remember after that third time, I, I got really bad sick because I was just going to throw up. But we got taken to this nice uh, pizza place called One Guy. And there was this place called Roses, which 
for those of y'all that are in Texas, you know what roses are. It's not the best Mexican food, but it's pretty good compared to the Georgia. Don't eat Mexican food or barbecue in Georgia unless you're eating it from Mexico or Texas. It's not the real deal. And uh, so we actually got to tour Texas Tech. I went on the college tour. I remember uh, your aunt dropped us off and we went and I remember touring it and being like, wow, this is a really cool place. And we got to see the stadium. And we got to see all around campus. And uh, I just remember you were really trying to hit on the tour guide. I remember that. A couple more years, I was planning on going to college there myself. So it was like, you know, why not get in early? But anyways, it was a really fun time. I mean, I, I just remember going. The biggest thing that I remember was after the tour, we were about to get picked up. And so my grandfather was the one to pick me up and or pick us up. And he was a carpenter by trade at the time. And, um, albeit a sketchy one. And he had this sketchy pedo style van. Like, I mean, it was really, it was, I think it was like a Ford Econo line. If people know what those are, you know, it's, it's just really creepy. And it wasn't just that it was the van, but it was kind of run down looking as well. Well, for those of you who have ever been to the Texas Tech campus, it's a pretty nice campus. And especially at the very front where they have the big double T right on University Avenue, kind of that big area, the big grand entrance, I guess, if you will, with, um, you know, the statue and everything like that. Uh, that's where we got picked up. And in view of everyone, we got picked up in a, a ratty pedo van. Yeah, I just and I remember like your grandpa was like looking out the window, kind of looked like a pedo, too. And he was just like, hey, what are y'all doing? Come here. Pick y'all up. It didn't help that he was also licking his lips, too. Um, like, I don't know why that was always a thing he did. So he was he was sitting there just driving, kind of hunched over, looking out, trying to find us. And it was it was, it was was really bad. The only down part is we had to be with your awful cousin who was annoying. But I do remember when we went uh, or stayed at your gr- grandma and grandpa's house, I remember your grandpa loved ice cream and uh, he got in the shower and we were like, hey, can we go get some of the ice cream? Like, we're going to get it real quick. And your grandma was like, yeah, go ahead and get it. I won't tell. And so we ate it real quick because Micah's grandfather was very possessive about his ice cream. Very, very possessive. Overly possessive. Like, I don't know what was in that ice cream. You would have thought, you know, I don't know. You would have thought there was, like, cocaine in that ice cream or something. Yeah, and so she was like, I won't tell. And then he got out of the shower, and the first thing she said was, the boys ate your ice cream. And we're like, what the heck? But I just remember it was a good time. Got to hang out with my best buddy for a week. Um, Sadly to say, that was the last time that we saw his grandmother. And I remember even at the airport, uh, right when we were getting through the line, he was like, hey, like, let's kind of linger a little bit. I just kind of feel like this is the last time I'm going to see my grandma alive. And she ended up passing. Yeah, it's one of those weird gut feelings. Not like she had anything wrong with her at the time. But sometimes you just have that gut feeling of this might be the last time. But um, it was cool. Uh, last little side note of the story. Um, good old Chris and DFW. He loves DFW, let me tell you. That's one of his favorite airports for this very reason. We got stuck on the tarmac in the middle of the summertime in DFW, and uh, they turned the plane off because we had sat there for two hours, and I just remember they are like, shut the window shades, and they weren't running the AC. And uh, it was a very, very fun time. That was one of the very few times that I think we kind of got snippy with each other, but I think anybody would in a hot plane in the middle of Texas 
in the summertime. Yeah, Mike and I don't usually fight too much. Uh, the only other time we really fought is when we had to share a room for six months, and that's just putting two people in close quarters for too long. And I remember we would get into like put each other in a headlock. It was like from Step Brothers, like that scene in Step Brothers where they're getting mad at each other. We had just been in two close quarters for too long. Oh, yeah, sharing the same TV, sharing the same Xbox. Yeah, it just, it, you could be, you know, great friends, but <laughs> you get too close after a while. Yeah, so it was a good time, and we eventually both ended up moving out here uh, to Lubbock, and I'm still here in Lubbock 10 years later, and uh, yeah, it's been a good time, so it was a great time to visit, and who knew that 10 years later I'd be here. But, uh, but yeah, um, that leads us into our next segment, which is our jelly donut, which is our jail report. Who do you think that private pile? Sir, jelly donut, sir. A jelly donut? Chris, what do you have for us? Well, I've got a few stories today. Some are dumb stories of how dumb criminals got caught, and others are just funny. All right, this first one. This guy was from our good old state of Florida. We love you guys. Uh, this man got arrested for being trapped in a porta potty. Apparently, there were reports of, su- of a suspicious person and what sounded like a person shouting in pain. When the deputy arrived, a man could be heard yelling loudly. As the deputy got closer, she could hear the screams and saw a foot sticking out of the bottom of a porta potty. The deputy asked the man to step out of a porta potty and take a seat. The man identified as Mr. James said he got his foot stuck in the closed door of the porta potty. The deputy opened the portable restroom and found a small baggie with a powdery substance, a syringe, and a larger bag filled with other small baggies. Apparently, the powdery substi- substance was fentanyl. So, he got trapped. I don't. How do you get trapped in a porta potty? Uh, I don't know, but I wouldn't want to be trapped in a porta potty. I'll tell you that much. But jeez, we were actually kind of talking about this last night at small group, and I know this sounds really weird, but they were saying like if you go to a publicly used porta potty, yeah, they're disgusting and awful. But if you go to a porta potty like on a construction site, they're actually not that bad because they actually treat it with respect because they're like, hey, this is my bathroom for the week for the next few weeks. And so they're not like really trashy with it. But if you go to one like at a concert, then yeah, it's it's awful. No, that is that is that is true. Um, when we used to do um, those store builds for the old Westernware store back in the day, sometimes they would still be in the construction phases, and they would you know the bathrooms wouldn't be hooked up with water, so you'd have to use the porta potty, and it was always better than expected. So, not wrong on that. This next one, I this is also a Florida person. Um, a hot dog got this man arrested. So, apparently, uh, 47-year-old Mr. Jason was being warned of violating a city ordinance by an officer. Officers said he ignored the warning and continued to sell hot dogs in a road after his street closure permit ended. Mr. James was asked to put the hot dogs down, but continued his attempts to sell it before becoming upset and intentionally throwing the hot dog at the police officer, according to the document. So he got arrested for, I guess, assault on an officer. But that's kind of funny that he threw a hot dog at the officer. Hey, sir, put the hot dog down. Put the hot dogs down. And then also he's just throwing hot dogs at him. That's, that's fantastic. You know, I've always thought about when we go through this segment, what these people must be sitting in a cell, you know, the holding cell when you're in jail. And everybody, you know, everybody asks and they're like, what are you in for? What are you in for? And literally, it's like, oh, I threw a hot dog at a cop. That's hilarious, man. Just the fact that the police officer got hit 
by a hot dog. Like, if I were that guy's partner, or like I was around, I would clown that dude for for a long time. It's like, hey, you remember that one time that guy threw a hot dog at you? Do you remember that? <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. All right, next one. These next few are stupid criminals that got arrested. Um, so a burglar actually hangs around and waits for the police to arrive. How dumb can you be? This was actually in England. Uh, so the robber, armed with only a hammer, attempted to smash his way into a house through the front windows. The man somehow got his foot caught and was unable to free himself and was left hanging upside down in the window frame for more than an hour as a crowd of 30 neighbors and passerbys uh, gathered to laugh at him. Uh, one guy said, hang in there, mate, uh, to the would-be robber. Police were seen laughing as they arrested the burglar. So he got caught. I guess somebody called the police and said, hey, there's this man stuck in the window, and he was attempting to rob the place. It's always got to suck. I've also I've heard of like that, and then I've also heard of people being caught in chimneys and all sorts of different things trying to get into houses, and uh, it's that, that has to be terrible. Yeah, I read that. <laughs> One, it was like a guy was trying to go down the chimney and it was around Christmas time to steal something and he got stuck and so he had to call the police and then they got him out and then they arrested him. How embarrassing. Like you got to be pretty, uh, you would probably think that you'd be there for a little bit before finally making the call of like, yeah, I got to call the cops. <laughs> All right. So this is pretty funny of how these guys got caught. So this was in good old Alabama. You know, they're not too bright over there. Um, so... The Alabama Pol Jefferson County Sheriff's Office issued an arrest warrant for Dustin, who was accused of rape charges. The sheriff also posted the guy's photo on Facebook under the banner Creep of the Week. Shortly thereafter, Dustin posted a response on the sheriff's Facebook page accusing the Department of Defamation of Character and noting, Good thing I moved out of state. The sheriff, in turn, pointed out that the rape charges don't vanish once you cross state lines. Uh, Dustin continued to argue with the sheriff's office. Uh, he got on an online tirade and ultimately tipped off the cops to his location. So the police went and got him. How dumb can you be, man, just to engage with the police? That's, that's really dumb. A Facebook fight over, you know. There are just those people that, man, you can't make them happy. And we've talked about Facebook trolls for real. And some people, that's just all it is to set them off. It's all it takes is just one comment about them. And, I mean, I guess this guy saw his own picture, didn't like all that. And Yep. So, uh, this next one. James, uh, this is a different James. Uh, James violated the conditions of his plea deal he made by quitting rehab and leaving the state of Oregon where he had charges. Not satisfied with simply being on the run, however, he took to social media to brag about it. Uh, James posted nasty messages on the pages of his probation officer and the judge who sentenced him, bragging about being the one who got away. Uh, on April 20th, he even wrote, fresh out of another state, catch me if you can. That didn't prove too difficult as one of, uh, James's typical follow-up messages declared, I'm in Alabama. He also posted a sonogram photo of his unborn son that included the name of the Alabama... Alabama County General Hospital where it was taken. So then they caught up with him and they flew him back to Oregon. Man, how dumb can you be? People, especially, I mean, this isn't just limited to criminals, but a lot of people are really dumb with the pictures that they take and they post on social media in general. 
Like, they'll have so, many, so much information. Like, I, I know we've talked about this before, but especially, you know, Chris has talked about it, those back-to-school photos and stuff like that. It's like, oh, back-to-school. It's like, bro, they know everything. If somebody wants to know everything, they know what class they're in. They know what grade they're in. They know what school they're at. They know what the teacher's name is. They know everything. And it's like, you don't want that. Like, you want to be as discreet. It's okay if it's like, I'm starting third grade today. That's cool. But, you know, I, I don't know. People, and in this case, luckily it was in the event of a crime, so they were able to catch him. But people are so dumb on social media when it comes to photos and, like, including bits of information that's just extremely terrible. Yeah, they are. And at our church, our kids, they wear name tags for security purposes. So they'll get a name tag with their name on it and the adults will get the code that matches on their name tag, right? So anytime we take pictures of our kids, I have to go through the pictures and like black out their name and their code because I'm thinking like, what if some random guy wants to make a, like a fake tag and then try to come pick this kid up or he knows their names. And so I'm always thinking of that stuff. Like you just got to be careful what you post. Yeah, absolutely. You bet. All right. So we are going to move into our next segment, which is the donut hole. And Micah, I got some good questions to ask you today. Oh boy. I'm ready. What, what, what are we going to Well, don't worry. It's not a quiz. So you're not going to have to get them right. It's kind of like, uh, would you rather now you've asked me some of these, would you rather questions? Uh, but I figured I'd ask you some, and some of these are pretty thought-provoking. So I was just curious to see your answer. All right, would you rather to be able to only eat one type of food for the rest of your life or only drink one type of drink for the rest of your life? Oh, one drink, 100%. Food's, uh, food's really important to me. Like, I enjoy the taste of food. Um, I don't know. I just, I just enjoy eating more than I enjoy drinking, I guess. Uh, drinking to me is a secondary thing. It kind of comes with the territory. Really and truly, a lot of the times, it's water anyways. Um, it's just one of those things to where sometimes it'll be like soda or something. But this, the drink is not very important to me. The food and the taste of the food is very important, though. So if it is that one drink, only one drink that you can drink for the rest of your life, what drink is it going to be? Now, let me ask this. Is water included? Because like, I don't want to say something else and then like die because I can't drink water. Uh, water is included, but like I'm talking about like a specialty drink, like a soda or a tea or coffee or uh, th that's a good question i i really like sweet tea and i'm talking like the southern sweet tea for our international listeners i know a lot of tea is uh hot how we like it in the southern united states is lots of sugar and iced so literally it's cold and um how i like it is i like a lot of i like a you know a little bit of tea with my sugar if that makes sense like literally i like it extremely sweet yeah there is a point where you can make it too sweet where it tastes bad um, like McDonald's. But anyways, all right, next one. Would you rather be stranded on a desert island or stranded in space? I would say probably desert island. I've got more of an opportunity there, I feel like. Now, stranded in space is something, but I feel like at least... So say there's no food sources or anything like that. At least I have a decent view. I, I like the beach and I like the ocean better than I would like, I think, the cold dark of space. There you go. Uh, I think you would have more opportunities to gather resources and probably a better chance of escaping. I feel like. Yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully you have a castaway moment where you know you're you're able to get off or a cargo ship's passing by or something. Awesome. All right, 
these next two are time travel related, okay? So would you rather go back in time and stop a major historic event from happening? Or would you rather go back in time and be credited with inventing something? When we're talking about like a major historical event, are we talking about like a bad event or just any event? We're talking about maybe like President Lincoln getting elected or JFK assassination or World War II, like a major historic event. I might go invention and I'll tell you why. Not more for the, the credit of the thing, but hopefully, hopefully that means my family got a lot of money. <laughs> To this point like to be honest that's that's what uh you know hopefully you know if it was if that was in the past hopefully three generations down the line or however long it would be would uh still have a lot of money or at least made it grow a little bit more too now let me ask you this which invention would you want it to be you said which which year frame or like what time frame it doesn't matter what time frame it is it can be any time frame what invention would you want to want to be credited oh. with powered flight guaranteed oh that makes a lot of sense makes a lot of sense all right this next one would you rather go back in time and change one thing from your past but the timeline of your life is altered or would you rather go to the future and find out how you die i'd rather go into the past and alter some time um not that i have regrets but i also am curious like a lot of times when you reflect on your past a lot of people are like oh you shouldn't do that and you couldn't you shouldn't woulda coulda shoulda it's not really what it is. It's more of a curiosity of if I would have made different decisions, how would things have gone differently? It's more along those lines because uh, if we're being honest, life is really fickle. And one little decision can... You've heard the whole butterfly theory and everything like that. I mean, yeah, it's just... So I think going back to the past, like... and. Do goofy things, right? Like, do a new position football-wise. Like, uh, change something, right? Like, just... I would go back to maybe change something like that just to see how it would go, but... Really interesting. Okay. All right, next one. Would you rather be trapped in a room with Kanye West or with Donald Trump? Oh, God. They're both crazy. Uh, I guess Donald... I really can't stand Kanye. I know there's probably Kanye fans on here that are like... Uh, but that dude's straight up nuts. I mean, he's just crazy. See, I could see Donald Trump not talking the whole time. Like, he would at least be quiet. But I feel like Kanye would be talking, like, the whole time and just saying the weirdest stuff. Donald Trump says, like, some crazy stuff. And some of it is outlandish. But it's not as bad as Kanye. Like, Kanye just... you. Kanye is that hood dude that just says crazy stuff. That crackhead hood dude that says crazy stuff, and you're like, <laughs> it's all it's all unk from the block. <laughs> yeah, you're like, dang, bro. He's like, uh, he's like kill moves from Everybody Hates Chris. That's who he's like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it don't make a lot of sense. All right, next one. Would you rather be the richest person in the world or the smartest person in the world? If we're being honest, richness, giving that money. I feel like if you're smart, then you can be rich. I, and I agree with that. You definitely do. But there's definitely some effort. Now, is the being the richest person in the world, is that sustainable? Because that's the, that's the real question. Is it one of those things to where you'll always have the most amount of money of anybody on the planet? Because if it can dwindle, then I want smarts. Because the thing is, if you always have the money, okay, cool. Well, you kind of don't. You can just do whatever you want, essentially. But if, if it can go away... You know, I'd want to want smarts to try to, you know, get money and then grow it more. Oh, yeah. No, you're the richest person in the world, but but you have to maintain your income. 
or you have to maintain that wealth. And boy, you need some knowledge to be able to do that. It's it's easy to blow that kind of money. All right, last two. Would you rather be forced to listen to the same 10 songs on repeat for the rest of your life or forced to watch the same five movies on repeat for the rest of your life? Songs on repeat. Really? You really would have to listen to the same 10 songs? You didn't get tired of it enough at Boot Corral? Or, yeah, Boot Barn, whatever we <laughs> worked at? I mean, it depends on what songs they are. Like, there's some that I, nah, I won't get tired of them because I have played them on loop. You don't get to choose the songs, though. Oh, I don't get to choose the songs? Never mind. I you don't get to choose the movies either. But see, that's risky because the thing is, if I got to watch the same movie, listen, I've been put through that before. I'm just going to go on a little side tangent. I literally had to watch The Sound of Music over and over and over again, the fifth grade, for the last month of school because they didn't have any other approved movies. Ridiculous. So. You know, movies on repeat just don't do well for me. See, it just depends on what it is. I get that. I totally get that. Last question. Would you rather wear a constantly changing outfit or a constantly changing hairstyle? Uh, That's a hard one. Uh, Chris knows this one. Maybe we'll tell this story at some point. I changed my hair color at one point. I didn't quite like how that went. Let me tell you this, guys. It was bleach blonde like he looked like draco malfoy that was a pretty big fad like in the early 2000s to just bleach your hair completely white or completely blonde and then have like a spiky haircut it was funny oh yeah it was really funny and i also shopped at paxson if that tells you anything i guess changing outfits because i like i said hairs hairs i like my hair a certain number of ways there's only uh Mike, Mike Hank Hill, give me the Roger Stahl back, either the rookie or the... Exactly, because we've all had those bad haircuts, and it's like, man, it, it just makes you look bad. An outfit you can work with, I feel like, at least. But yeah, man, those are all the questions I had for you, just some thought-provoking questions, but we're going to jump into our next segment, which is, what fries my donuts? I'm like, I know you got a lot fried up for us. So what do you got frying? Oh, we fired up. So the funeral experience. I cannot stand the funeral experience. I know Chris can't either. We'll hear his take in a moment. But good Lord, I, I can't stand it. I can't stand the people and what they be saying to you. Like that stuff is supposed to help you. The whole... You know, well, she's in a better place. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't fill the void that's currently in life, currently right now. And the fact that she's in a box over there and we still haven't put her in the ground. Like, why don't you just chill about it? I know you got to say something. You feel obligated to say something. I don't know. Me personally, instead of saying, you know, she was such a wonderful person. Yeah, we all know that. Like, for me, give me some tangible evidence, right? At least for me personally, Tell me a good time that you had with them. Like, for instance, if I'm talking to Chris, say, you know, it, if I had to say something about his father, literally say, you know what? I remember there was a time when we went to the bridge ministry and literally, and he knows the rest of the story, literally about the the sound equipment and all that stuff. And literally I could say, you know, and I could share a laugh with him at least during that time. Right. I feel like that that's a lot better than just giving the arbitrary like, I'm so sorry for your loss. Like, I I get it. But at the same time, it's really, really aggravating. And there's a lot of ritualistic things that don't make any sense. Like, Why are we doing a lot of this stuff? It just to me, the whole entire process 
a binny put into a box and then put into the ground you know and they put a sarcophagus thing over it so that you don't get crushed or like the body doesn't get crushed but you still know what happens to it it's literally it's a symbolism thing but you're still spending ten fifteen thousand dollars for all this garbage it just doesn't to me if you agree with that that's fine to me it just doesn't make a lot of sense and i just don't like a lot of the process i don't like a lot of what the people say um I don't like the the mood of the thing, and I understand it's a death, but at the same time, we could be happy. Um, Even in horrible circumstances, you could still find silver linings in things, I feel like. Yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from, man, because when my dad passed away, people would say that stuff, and I knew they meant well, but I'd be like, that makes me mad. Like, don't tell me that, or they would quote scripture to me, and it's like, yes, I know these things. Like, I know this is true, but, like, this is not helping me. Like the people that were that would come up to me and be like, "Oh, your dad was so proud of you. He loved you, and he always talked about you at work, and or shared a story or a funny time, or said your dad was this, and I loved always working with your dad because he was this or that." And so I always appreciated that instead of just like, "I'm sorry for your loss," but I totally get it, man. Funerals are a hard thing, uh, and I, I'll tell you another thing: these funeral homes and these funeral services—they are leeches, man. They are blood-sucking leeches who want to come after your insurance money. You got to be really careful that you get a good one because a good one won't ever pressure you to do a certain thing or to add a certain package on. Um, and fortunately, we did have a good funeral home with my dad's funeral. They were good to us. But yeah, that was one thing they told us. They were like, just be wary of all these people that are trying to get your insurance money. Yeah, you got to be really careful. And they also use the fact that you're highly emotional because you had a family member pass and you're having to make all their arrangements and all this other stuff. They're, you know, they, they really play on you. And um, it's, uh, and you know, I'm going to go on just on another thing here. We had to do something that was different than most funerals I've ever been to. Uh, Chris said he's seen it before. I, I personally haven't, but we all stood in a line as a family and essentially shook everybody's hand that came through the building, kind of just single file line style almost until the funeral happened. Um, but the weird thing is, you know, most of these people we didn't know, right? You know, just like a family reunion and things like that. These are a lot of, you know, high school friends, you know, stuff like people you don't know. So they're coming down this line and out of obligation. That's that's what I can't stand. Maybe that's what I don't like about it. There's a lot of obligation going around to where you feel like you're obligated to do something, but at the same time, it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help them. They feel awkward. It doesn't help you because you feel awkward and you're not being helped. And it's just a whole big, it's just improper, I feel like. It's just, it's not how it's supposed to be, but we've made it into that almost. Yeah, I agree. That was the most exhausting part was at the visitation or the wake the night before. I had to stand in that line and talk to people. And you're already grieving, but you also have to be social and you have to be, you know, polite and stuff. And Oh, and you can't be too sad because people hop all over you for it. And they'll be like, hey, don't be sad. And they'll try to encourage you, but they don't help. Yeah, and sometimes the best thing you can do when somebody loses something, somebody is just shut up and just sit there with them, just hang out with them, you know, get them something to eat, make sure they shower, do all that good stuff. And the most important thing, it's not around the time of the funeral and everything, it's the days afterwards. That's the biggest times too. It's when everybody goes home, it's when all the hoopla is over with and they, they're with the fact that their loved one is no longer there. But anyways, we can get off of that. It's... uh. 
yeah, funeral experiences are just terrible. I just wish that it was a little bit more, um, I don't know how exactly to describe it. I feel like it could go better if, if traditions didn't dictate differently. Well, I know in some places like Africa, they have a big party. Like it's a big joyous celebration and some cultures they do party and have dancing and singing and all that good stuff. And that's how I want it at my funeral. I'll tell you that much. Uh, if, if I pass away before Micah goes, uh, he already knows what song I want playing at my funeral. It's called We Fly High. No lie. You know it. Balling. And I want somebody to take my hand and do the little basketball thing out the coffin. We made an agreement that whoever dies first, we have to make sure that that happens for the other person. So. And I also want people at my funeral, I want the, there to be like a bouncer. And he's going to have a list of people that cannot get in because they're just going there to mourn just so that they can look good. Yeah. You ain't allowed. You ain't allowed. Sorry. We're going to segue into our next segment, which is the mystery donut. That's our improv segment. So, Micah, what do we got on the books for us? So, we got free improv. So, we're going to pick a accent and a location from the hat. So, uh, let me mix these up. So, we're going to do accent first. We got redneck. We haven't done redneck in a while. You know what was funny one time? Some guy came up to me and he said, are you a redneck? And I said, no. And then he slapped me on the back of the neck and he said, now you are. That was a big joke for a while and I always hated it. Um, <laughs> and then uh, the location is at a music festival like Coachella or, yeah, I guess Coachella. All right. Two rednecks at Coachella. All right. I'll let you start. Daggum, ever since I've been here, they've had that daggum speaker all the way up. I can't hear nothing. Daggum, they say this was Coachella. I thought they said this was the Luke Combs concert. I done spent $600 on a ticket. I was saying, Luke, I, you done forgot where you came from, boy, charging $600. You don't treat people like that. I came down here three weeks ago with my trailer pulled up here. First of all, they said there was supposed to be a NASCAR race. There wasn't no NASCAR race. That was over there at Tacoma. Apparently, I misunderstood that. Then next thing you know, they start pulling up. This lady with pink and purple hair come up to me, and she said, you here for the show. What show? I don't know what you're talking about. Tell you what, though, I got to bounce my eyes because you ain't wearing no bra. I tell you this, over here, Billy Bob, I knew I was at the wrong place when there wasn't nobody wearing no boots and no flannel shirts. I ain't seen nobody with a can of skull and no Mountain Dew. They're all drinking LaCroix. They said, I said, what is that? And they said, it's some flavored water. And I said, if I want to drink flavored water, I drink me a Mountain Dew. You said what, LaCrix? I think that's what it's that's what it said, but they said it's like LaCroix. Like it's French or something. I don't know why they're drinking that French water. We got good old American water. See, the liberal media, the liberal media's got us drinking water that's not from the U.S. All I'm saying is water from the U.S., Miller Lite. That's what I got to say. Water, Miller Lite. I really appreciate this beer, and we're going to stop right now and have a beer spot. Miller Lite, no. But anyways, I pulled down here the other day. And I was expecting of a good turkey leg. That's all I wanted from this whole deal. They said something about a festival. I was thinking rides and all this other stuff and a, and a turkey leg. I can't even get that. I I knew it was Luke Combs when I seen some dude wearing, wearing some braids. 
singing some songs. I said, who is this? They said, it's the weekend. I said, no, it's not. It's Wednesday. The weekend's coming up in three days. They said, no, that's the weekend. I said, I heard you the first time. I may look stupid, but I'm not deaf. All I'm saying is, they must be smoking all that pot. I keep smelling that skunk around here, and I know it ain't and I know it ain't a skunk. I know the difference. You remember old Tommy from back there in Leeville. He, you know what he did? He used to do that same thing, and it smelled just like that. I know what that is. See, what it is, they're all off drugs around here. That's what it is. Yep, seen all these hippies around here. Got that Logan Paul fella, that Jake Paul fella. I said, boy, give me one lucky punch. I'll knock both of you out right here. You ain't met a good old southern boy. Good old southern boy knock your little candy behind out. All I'm saying is that little Ben Aspirin ain't got nothing on me. He ain't been down where I've been. He don't know how to swing on somebody. You you ever met Roy Big Country Nelson? That's my cousin. I know how to beat somebody up just like him. Well, I'll tell you what, Billy Bob. This is a dud. Let's get on out of here and go down to the Daytona 500. I say let's get in the trailer. Let's get on. And that was our improv segment. Good times. I've never... I've never been to Coachella. I don't even know who performs at Coachella. I've just heard of. All I know is, uh, yeah, it's a it's a festival. That's all I know. Well, we're going to move into our eclair, and that's our positive advice. And I think it's your turn to go first. It is my turn. So this week for our eclair, so naturally when we were talking about the uh, what fries my donuts, uh, as you can tell, there's been um, a funeral that I've attended. But the biggest thing through all this time that I've realized is even in the worst of times, you can cling to the small things. You know, when it's even hardest, it sounds dumb, but at the same time, you can cling to things like, oh, man, I just got this pillowcase out of the the dryer and I put it on the pillow. Man, isn't that nice? You could really grab onto just the small things in life and sometimes it's the small things that'll make you happy mine is a little bit different and mike and i were kind of talking about this this week but be grateful for the people uh in your life uh that have been removed from your life or the people that maybe have been crappy to you because guess what now that you've seen what crappy people look like it's easier to spot those traits and qualities in other people and uh, Mike and I have both been talking about this. We're gr- we're glad that for some of the things that we've went through and some of the crappy people that we've encountered because it's helped us uh, spot out crappy qualities in other people. And I can say this for myself, and I'm pretty sure you can say this for you too. Um, I used to be very trusting, like very naive, very trusting of people. But now it's been a little bit easier to, I guess, discern, call it gift of prophecy, God gift or whatever, but to discern when somebody is not being 100% honest with you and they're not out for the best intentions. So be grateful that God removed those people from your life because uh, they weren't good for you and be thankful for the lessons that you learned. And if he takes out the trash, leave him by the trash can. Don't pick him back up. And speaking of trash can, that's a great segment into our, not segment, segue into our tvtrashcan.com so tell them about tvtrashcan.com tvtrashcan.com that's tvtrashcan.com you know what that reminded me of when you stuttered on the dot com it remember it reminded me see i'm over here stuttering now that i'm i can't talk mess with that it happening to me um but it reminds me of a certain video that we did that happens to be on uh, tvtrashcan.com from like what was that now 12 13 years ago now W-W-W-W-W-W-W. 
Yeah, I said like five W's. But also on the first episode, Micah kind of stuttered a little bit. He was like, welcome to the Donut Bubble Box Podcast. And I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, I did. You're right. Um, <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, tvtrashcan.com. Go check it out. we got plenty of videos. we got some of our original content on there from a long time ago. Uh, it's pretty darn funny. I, I enjoy going back and watching it. I wish we had some of our other stuff uh, from back in the day. But, hey, it is what it is. Cameras get lost. Computers get viruses. Things happen. Um, but we appreciate all you guys. YouTube, Facebook, all that good jazz. All right. Well, we're going to take this donut box out to the trash. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Come on. Uh-huh.